From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Well, welcome to today's Conquer Risk Podcast. I've got my business partner, Manish, here, and uh, we are going to hopefully help explain a little bit of the share class fiasco. Um, as an RAA, right, we've got a responsibility to, to look and know the details of the different share classes. And, you know, basically in the last week or two, I've come across a K share and an N share, a couple of them that I, I hadn't even seen before. And that's what kind of got us started on this podcast. So, so we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to talk about why it's important to us as an RAA, a professional third-party manager, why there's so many. Um, We're going to talk about the top four share classes, and I know we'll have a blog post that will follow up uh, here shortly that will give more detail about some of the others we're not going to talk about. And then, what's the future look like? So that's what we're here today to talk about. Manish, uh, you have any thoughts as we get started? Well, I think it's important to uh, recognize a couple things while we were talking about this yesterday uh, about the podcast. Uh, First and foremost, the original name was the the clusterfuck of mutual fund share classes. (laughs) Um, because it, I knew you couldn't resist, well, because, man. I knew well, I you could not resist. I think it's important because in your, in your research, you know, when, when you, you know, pulled out the OneNote and started going down, I mean, this this can be a, a, a two-hour podcast. And, and we had to trim it oh, down easy. to the top four because of the fact that there were so many different share classes for every different reason. And it's impossible to, to cover them all. So, uh, yeah, from our angle, like you said, it, as a fiduciary, you know, and the SEC is really harping on this, you have to make sure that you pick share classes that are in the client's best interest. That sounds something that should always be done and is very simple. But as we're going to sort of unearth when there's all the different hands in the pot, uh, historically, it, it hasn't been that simple. Uh, and the industry needs to catch up. Uh, advisors, uh, registered representatives, et cetera, need to sort of uh, change some of their procedures. So, yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. So, uh, so why is it important to us? I mean, it, you you have to deal with trading on the platforms. Um, you know, is that? Can you explain that a little bit? So, what effect that? If has? you're multi-custodian, uh, different custodians offer different share classes that are available. So, for example, if you want to use a no transaction fee mutual fund, historically that's been load weighed A shares, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And if you want to use the institutional share classes, you have to use a transaction fee fund. So as an RA, you have to make that decision. How much are you trading? What are the account sizes? Um, And then attack what share class you want to use. Now, Fidelity came out with an INTF platform recently that allows institutional share classes NTF. And so... The question always comes back to, from an RIA's point of view, we need to make sure that we understand what custodians are offering and, you know, how we can navigate those different rules. Right. Um, can you uh, can you touch on some of the process that we have to go through or that we do go through? I think this would be valuable, knowing that, again, from a professional standpoint, this is what we do to make sure that we're in check. And, and a lot of advisors that are managing portfolios may not necessarily have a recurring process, right? They're just doing it when they are ready to trade rather than having a recurring process. So what, what do we do? So on a quarterly basis, we are checking uh, the fund lists that, that we have and making sure that an existing fund company hasn't released a lower share class. And we do this across every custodian because 
during one of our our recent SEC audit, they came in and, and they were hot and heavy about these share classes and were impressed that we already had something in place because this is sort of, you know, what, what we're supposed to be doing. And so it's important that anytime you locate a fund or locate an asset class and, and trying to start doing that fund research, that across the different custodians, we're using what's best for that custodian. I want to take two seconds and expand on that. For those of you yeah. who always, advisors out there that I see in social media who are always bitching about how much mutual funds cost, you need to take a step back and understand, for example, the custodians charge 40 basis points for NTF funds to be on their platform. So for all the bitching that you're doing, for your complaining ass to access this mutual fund, they have to pay the custodian 40 basis points. That goes directly to them, right? And so the reason I bring that up is people don't quite understand, the, and we're going to dive into a lot of these dynamics. There's so many hands in the pot that you have to make sure you're choosing the right fund at the right custodian. And I think you and I both are on the same page that Fidelity is making a huge step forward by doing this INTF. The INTF, Fidelity only charges 15 basis points to the fund, which I think is more reasonable. Um, but so if you're multi-custodian, you have a broker-dealer platform, whatever it is, you have to be cognizant of, of what these funds are charging and if there's a better share class available and have a process in place to constantly check it, not just when you buy it. Right. Well, and that goes to, to go to that effect, right? We not only are checking those things that we're holding in the portfolios, but we obviously have a list of things that we research or have ongoing review so that if we do need to go into a particular area, we already know the fund selection that we want to potentially use, and we're checking those as well. And wait, real quick, so, before you go on, there have yeah. been instances where we buy a share class, and a month or two later, they decide that they're going to release the institutional share. And if we still plan on holding that fund, we do a conversion. And if you're not constantly checking it, years can go by and you never know that the new one got released because no one's calling you. No one's sending you an update to let right. you know. Right. And th this is an SEC. This is something that they looked at in our audit. So it may be coming for yours. So, all right. So let's move on to why are there so many? Now, we've touched on a little bit about that, but I want to set the stage and we're going to put a link in the show notes for... Uh, a place on Market Watch where it's literally just page after page after page. You can see every share class for every fund for, you know, all these different fund families and just look at all the different numbers and letters and so forth. <clears throat> but I want to read just the ones that I'm aware of. A, B, C, D, F, I, K, N, R, T, X, Y, Z, 1, 2, and that's just the ones that I'm aware of. I didn't mention the investor class, the advisor class, right? Different companies make them different names. That's insane. It's a, it's, listen, so you it's, wonder it's why a, our job is hard. Lullaby. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, all right, so now let's dig into why are there so many. You touched on it just briefly. I'm going to hit, uh, you know, basically the, it's because there's so many hands in the pot. Right. I mean, brokerage representatives actually have a much simpler process in that for the basic IRA or, or client account, you have an A share, a share or a C share. And we'll talk about those in a, in a couple minutes. But that's the basics for brokerage representatives. Now, you want to talk about the, the custodians or anything else you want to throw in there? Um, as far as that goes, you, you kind yeah, of touched just, on that Yeah, just that the landscape is changing and more, more custodians or more funds are releasing iShares into the NTF market. Um, and so that's something that's changed because, you know, five years ago, if you wanted NTF, it was 99% A share load waived. 
Right. Yeah, and and so this really goes to the effect of its different compensation models. And FINRA, most people don't realize this, but FINRA is looking at it, again, even the A share, C share. They're looking at it in the time frame horizon of the client. So when you look at the different compensation models, I think a great example is the R share for retirement plans. I'll pick on American funds for a second, and we've got a table that we'll, we'll add to this mix uh, that discusses not only is there different R shares, one, two, three, four, kind of a subset for different compensation to the advisor or the representative, but also the plan is having plan expenses covered out of these, right? So this is part of the reason you don't see a whole bunch of ETFs in 401k plans because somebody's got to pay for the plan and most employers don't want to write that check. They would instead have it be a pay to play, right? If you're using the 401k or the the retirement plan, well, then the expenses from the ser- the products you're using are paying for that service. And, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just, again, a reason why there's R1 R through 6. You know, that, that particular example. It, it's all about the compensation iterations and that are available for registered representatives in that particular case. And this is why, as an advisor, it's a little different, right? Because a, an advisor can write whatever fee they want to charge. Well, a comp- from a compensation standpoint on the commission side, you have to pick a different share class if you if you want a different compensation, right? So, so those are kind of the three reasons that are three things that we see as the why there's so many hands in the pot and why those different share classes exist. Um, so let's touch on the four most prominent share classes, and, and again, we'll have a blog post where we'll go into more detail on some of these other iterations. Uh, a share. Well, let's let's start let's right, start with our shares since yeah. you just you just brought that up. Let's okay. start with our shares. So, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, that those are the retirement plan shares that fund companies use for four one ks, usually small business four one ks. And right. I think it's to your point. I think it, what needs to be clear is there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how it used to be done, right. and things are changing where there's more unbundling and more transparency. But for so long. That's how it was done. The 401k administrator would approach employers and say, listen, there's no charge for you. However, you know, we get it from the fund companies, right? And now it's a little bit more unbundling. Same thing with social media and these things right now. You know, it's free for to use, but they're going to sell your information. They're going to use it for ads. It's no different, right? And it, so what we're trying to say is it just comes down to so where the hands are and who's getting compensated, right? You mean nothing in life is yeah. free? It's just <laughs> hidden somewhere else? I seem to think I've said that in another podcast. Hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, all right, so we'll move on. So we got the, the A and the, and the C share, right? FINRA looks at A share as the class that you should use for a long-term investor Be- for a couple of reasons. One is, look, from their perspective, if you're selling them something, pay this upfront fee. It's five and three quarter or whatever it might be. And... And that's the last fee. I mean, effectively, right? You've also got obviously some internal stuff. Um, but from that standpoint, right, there's the simple A share. Now, not everybody likes to get this hit up front. And so fun companies came out with a different iteration, the C share. Bs are basically gone. So we're going to skip to C shares. C shares, you know, for you're going to get this typically 1% trail. And it goes on forever. There's no conversion to an A, typically. And... And that's all great and dandy, but FINRA looks at that as used for a short-term investor only. Now, I know there's some good advisors that have built books on that recurring revenue, but that is not advisory. 
and it's not what was intended when the share class was created. So, you know, you have to kind of step back and think, well, wait a second, if the client added a bunch more money and they would have gotten a break point in A, right, that whole thing gets kind of convoluted. But that's the difference between those two share classes. And that's not really the way it's used in real life, in my experience. And we're not here to judge. You know, we can we can no. do another podcast to, no. to judge. But, you know, these are just the realities <laughs> that we have in terms of what share class are used by what I want to make sure is clear, registered representatives versus financial advisors. Right. Well, so let's jump to that. Uh, Manish, you want to touch on advisors because we are an RIA, right? RIA only. We don't have any broker-dealer affiliation. So you want to hit on the advisor slash institutional component, the fourth type of Yeah, so it's it's usually I shares or A shares with the load waived. Now, the main difference there is A shares... LoadWave have a built-in 12B1 fee. So if you're managing money on a custodian, that 12B1 fee does not go towards quote-unquote marketing expenses for a broker. It goes to the custodian. So that's why it's it's always been like that because if the custodian charges you 50, uh, 40 basis points and you have a 12B1 fee for 25, what happens is the fund companies give that 12B1 fee to the custodian and maybe they add another admin fee so they don't have to come totally out of pocket. And that's been the, the, the issue or the recurring theme over the year in terms of how fund companies handled custodians. So on an RIA side, you're looking at load waived A shares that have that 25 basis points built in or the I shares, which are clean shares, whatever you want to call them. There's no other fee outside of the management fee. Of course, you have the fund expenses. Sorry, you have fund expenses and things like that. But the stated gross expense ratio, that's what the fee is. And no one, no other hands are in the pot. Um, and the 15 basis points that most custodians charge for institutional, 10 or 15, just comes out of the manager's fee. It's not a separate line item or anything like that. And yeah. so to your point, when it comes to the advisory side, those are the two main share classes that you're going to be dealing with, at least currently. Yeah, and as I do my best, Rodan the thinker, um, I you know I want you to think about this for a second. Most of the major custodians, most of them are charging basically 40 basis points. There was a difference for a while, but it's all sort of leveling out at 40 with uh, Schwab and TDA. Think about what your third-party manager charges for their work of all the research and trying to figure out what to do and get your money and all you know earn money and protect money and all those things, and what you as an advisor are charging you know, to front face with the client and be that primary contact. And the custodian is charging 40 basis points just to offer the fund. That's not fair. That's, that's <laughs> hey, not fair. Just, that's not fair. I'm going to stick up. I know they're doing some I'm other gonna things. I'm going to stick up. I, right, I, up, I agree brother. that it's probably, a, it's definitely high. But listen, I mean, it, that's, you get access to folks that you may not have get access to, institutional, retail, it's, it's on a supermarket. I mean, it's no different than bitching about, you know, having a small farm and wondering why the grocery store takes 50% of your money to put you on their shelf. Don't do it then, right? Don't, don't have access. And, right. and we've always been the, the proponents of, of not screaming about low fees, just make it transparent. That's all. Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you there. All right. So as we're moving forward, then the fourth thing we wanted to talk about was what does the future look like? And, and I'm going to uh, take two approaches here. I want to, I want to say first, I mentioned that the B shares are, are basically gone. 
you know, I'm wondering myself how long it's going to take. Back in like 07, before the Great Recession, C shares were starting to come under pressure. And I'm wondering how long it's going to take before that happens again. Uh, just from the standpoint, as I mentioned, a lot of folks, and again, this is not a judgment, it's an observation, that the C shares were intended for short-term use, short-term horizons, and yet there are people in C shares for 20 years. Uh, I think that may come under some scrutiny. But second, uh, this is a, a totally different sort of topic, is from a psychological standpoint or behavioral standpoint, which I, I'm always trying to take that perspective, you know, I wish there were, I wish it was more cool to have surrender fees or, or blockades, you know, some punishment for clients that take emotional, make emotional decisions and say, I want to do this, I want to do that, I'm scared, I want to, you know, whatever. Because frankly, and I think this is a quote that I gave Jen for uh, using in, in our next newsletter, right? Emotions are, are, are great, but they have no place in investing. And unfortunately, I think in our industry, there are far too many clients and advisors that go with the whim of the markets and go with the whim of whatever the clients want to do and just change because there's no harm. And we talked about in our, our podcast on the note zero fees or zero ticket charges, right? You're eliminating all these barriers to make trading just lickety split easy with no punishment. So that's just a, a sort of a second. I, no, I agree. Uh, there's there's something thing. to be I, said I, for for guardrails. Yeah, guardrails. Yeah, and sometimes guardrails yeah, have to be financial. Yeah, like, whatever. So anyway, C shares I think are going to come under some scrutiny. If I had to guess at what's going to come forward, what do you think is happening in the future, as far as these different so, share classes uh, and so forth? In our podcast about the commissions going to zero. So here's you have a situation where custodians are not getting paid for trading commissions anymore. They're charging mutual funds. Fidelity has the INTF for 15 basis points and the 40 basis points for the, the other A shares. So fund companies at some point are going to say, hey, guys, you know, we are funding all of this zero commission stuff. And I don't know what the custodians are going to do because that's a lot of money to mm -hmm. walk away from. So you know, maybe they follow Fidelity's suit and get the iShares. I think so. So to answer your question uh, more directly, I think we're going to be in an environment where most mutual funds are going to be clean shares. But then everyone else who's been, quote unquote, getting things for free uh, will be charged. So I think we'll have iShares. Yeah. I think custodians will turn around and charge advisors custodial basis point fees to be on the platform. They're not just going to hand it over. Um, I think things like our shares, what's going to happen is the admin will just start charging the, the business employer, and it's just going to continue to unbundle so everyone knows sort of where they're, what they're paying for, which is right. fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. And, you know, I think, you know, what I, this is a, I guess I'll throw in an extra real briefly, and we need to wrap this up. A hope that I have is that there will be some standardization of share classes. Because it's completely ridiculous that A and C were, those are pretty consistent from company to company to company. And after that, it's the freaking wild, wild west, right? I read all those stupid letters, and it's every iteration under the sun. You know, and a no load could be an N or a D or an F. Dude, Make it one. PIMCO, PIMCO is the worst. Like, every time we look at their funds, I have to scratch my head, and it takes me a day or two to figure out what share class I'm even allowed to use anymore. Yeah, we were laughing. Maybe I can put that in the display as well, right? We were laughing that A share, the second to last letter is A. The C share, the second to last letter is C. That when you get to their their inst their retirement share or their excuse me their institutional share, and it's an R. Like, why isn't it an I? It ran it, out of all letters. the others match. 
So it's a cluster, that's for sure. All right, so moving on, recommendations. I'm on the East Coast. I am so happy I can finally get Yingling Lager and drink that to my heart's content. Now, I don't drink a lot of beer, but still, that's my favorite of all beers. And I can now actually just, I go, I need to go buy another case because I'm out. I've got two left. Well, you know, so I went psyched. to, I love I went to University of Maryland and all of our parties, the, the keg of choice was always Yingling. You know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's Pennsylvania. Cheap, but good, man. It's Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the oldest family-owned brewery in North America. So, all right, what do you got for a recommendation? Uh, I got a company called Easy Caterer. So I had two parties in the past couple of months, birthday parties for my son and my wife. And in the past, if you had to cater, you would call a certain restaurant you like, you know, figure out what to get per person, and it, 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 it was a cluster, right? So this company, you go on there, there's participating restaurants, you pick the restaurant, and they have a menu set up that's per person, and click, 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 you're done. And you can, I used it twice so far recently in different restaurants. And it's sort of, and they deliver, they bring plates, utensils, drinks, napkins, and it just makes everything so easy if you're throwing a party. It's called Easy Caterer. Well, well as many kids as you have, every day is a party, man. Yeah. You, you need a caterer. Good Lord. <laughs> All right. On that note, our time is up. Let's uh, make sure you like, subscribe, share, let people know that you like our Conquer Risk podcast. We appreciate it. And as always, you can reach out to our Connect Us page on www.potomacfund.com. We're out. See you. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.